Hello there, we are your hosts Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspective to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile Coaching, Facilitation, Business Analysis, and Product Management roles. Enjoy! Hello everybody, today we have Abby DiMartino in the podcast. Abby, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. Um, We've actually known each other for a number of years and I've seen Abby do some amazing things in her career. So very happy to highlight uh, her accomplishment, the work that she's done over the past few years. And I have a few questions that I've sourced from um, our podcast listeners and students. Uh, they want to know, get the perspective of a development manager. Um, so Abby's background, she's a development manager for a company called Myers, uh, leads a few different engineering teams and has had scrum master experience prior to this and also comes from sports coaching background. Um, so really excited to get into your story. Uh, with that, Abby, uh, tell us a little bit more about what you've been up to, uh, at work these days. Okay. Thanks, Vivek. Thanks for having me. Um, so like you mentioned, I work for um, a company called Meyer. It's a grocery store in the Midwest. We also have a digital platform and a mobile app platform. Mobile app platform. So I'm on the digital side of things. I manage two teams in our backend services space. Uh, two Scrum teams. Right now, we are working on one team is focused on modernizing uh, our current services. So a lot of our services are on premise. They are focused on migrating those to the cloud that's going to reduce downtime, insulate us, and reduce customer friction. My other team is learning um, event-driven architecture through Confluent Kafka. So that's a newer technology that's come out recently. Um, It's going to help decouple our services and, again, make us more dependable for our customers and our website. So they do back-end work for that. Uh, It's very behind the scenes. No one really knows what is going the customer um, does not know how many services are called when they're perusing our website, but my team, my teams are the ones building that in the back end. Awesome. Abby, let's, let's go to where um, like prior tech world, like give us an idea um, about what kind of work you are doing. You're uh, obviously coaching um, and you're working in the academia setting too. And give us your background and how you, um, you know, learn about tech and, and all this. Yeah, so I I come from an interesting background. Um, I've played volleyball my whole life. I um, played in college as well. And so I originally majored in psychology. Um, I was thinking about being a therapist. Uh, I love working with people. And I had one extra year of college eligibility. So I ended up playing five years of college. I was able to get my master's degree in sport management. Mm. So I had psychology and sport management. Um, ended up working in athletics administration and then coaching on the side. I was in NCAA compliance, uh, assistant director of NCAA compliance at my alma mater. Mm-hmm. which was rules and regulations for student athletes, working with coaches. Um, yeah, I was on the, the higher education route, uh, hoping to stay in college athletics. And the pandemic hit, and I realized that I was not as passionate about 
college athletics as I thought I was. Uh, being on the other side of it was a very different perspective than mm-hmm. what I'd seen as a student athlete myself. Mm-hmm. So I I started exploring the tech world. Um, I think the skills that I learned from, first of all, being on a team and mm-hmm. learning how to lead a team, even yeah. though it was sports, I could still translate that and just do the same thing for developers. That's what took me into the scrum world. Yeah, um, that that's amazing. Yeah, I remember talking to you and, you know, talking, uh, learning about the NCCA world and the coaching, especially in pandemic. That was a, that was a crazy time. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, kind of avoid. Uh, so, the, you know, there were a few different tracks, right? Like you could go become a business analyst, product owner. You could go into a, a coding boot camp. You could have been a DevOps engineer. Like, how did you decide? Um, on choosing Scrum Master and why did you do it? Um, just curious. So I originally, I think a big part of it was falling in love with the Agile framework. Um, even though I was working in higher education, the mm-hmm. research and the classes I was taking with you, Vivek, was exposing how dysfunctional it was. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that can happen at a university. It can happen at a Fortune 500. It can happen mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy for organizations to go awry and get dysfunctional real quick. So I was noticing pain points, mm-hmm. identifying ways in which we could be more efficient, um, just based on what I'd been learning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the team aspect has always, you know, interested me. I've been on a team my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've been identified as a leader early on. And mm-hmm. so I think the opportunity to get into the tech world and take what I'd learned through college athletics and just apply it to a totally different people group. It still works. It's still the same yeah. concepts of yeah. you know being a good coach, creating team culture, um, creating efficient people. And so that's mm-hmm. really what interested me was, you know, that scrum master role in which I could be a leader still um, and help teams win, be that servant leader that could get stuff out to production on time. It's a big win. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so, yeah, and in terms of like the transferable skills coming in as a coach, working in academia, uh, what are some of the things, what were the transferable skills and how did you use those skills in your interview or like how you're branding yourself? I'd love to kind of uh, go into that. And the reason behind is because we have a lot of um interest from people from athletics, coaching, uh, um, teaching background, uh, yep. people want to learn and people think, oh, I don't have any experience in uh, in the agile world. Uh, but in, in a way, they do some experience, have some experience from a facilitation, coaching, mentoring perspective. So I'm curious uh, what areas that um, that you're able to kind of uh, use in your branding. Yeah. So um, I think being a part of a team requires a lot of communication. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to build relationships with your teammates. Uh, I had to do that on the court because there's six people on the court. We're all going after one objective to win. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But you have to communicate with your teammates as the ball is going back and forth over the net and who's, who's going to take this pass. Who's going to, you know, take this serve. And um, that was so easily transferable to the tech world because when you get a body of work in um, for a scrum team, it's like, okay, here's the body of work. Who's going to take it? How are we going to work together on it? How are we going to deliver it as efficiently as possible? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't realize that I was developing skills that could transfer to the tech world and mm-hmm. while I was doing it, but looking back, very similar concepts. Communication is huge. Building up a strong team culture is huge, right? People that mm-hmm. enjoy the work they're doing and who they're working with are going to produce more efficiently and produce better results. Mm-hmm. Um, another big thing that I think the tech world needs more of is a competitive mindset. So, mm-hmm. um, I've always had a competitive mindset and with agile and, you know, whichever framework you're using at your company, you're always tracking how work is getting completed, how quickly it's getting completed and how much money you're making and what it costs. Right. So businesses care about money. Um, They want efficient teams. And if I'm, you know, when I was a scrum master, I was more of a leader of influence rather than an actual manager, but leading those teams um, to success. And then now as a manager, like if my teams aren't delivering, then that falls on me. So having that competitive mindset to make teams efficient, make teams as best or as, you know, as strong as they can be constantly improving was very, very transferable. Yeah. I mean, I love um, that. That's such a fresh perspective I've actually done you know, close to a hundred podcasts. This is the first time somebody brought in the, the competitiveness. Uh, and yeah, in a way you are measuring and you're trying to get, um, get good. Right. So if you have that from sports or wherever you bring it, um, and if you can facilitate teams in a way where you're driving teams to improve, um, that that's an amazing point of view. Thanks for sharing that. Um, what, uh, I would say, so let's say there were still some challenges, right? Like there were, there were a lot of things that were like, you could, you can bring in, you had a community of support of instructors and mentors and a few other friends that, you know, had made this transition too, but what were some of the challenging, uh, challenges that you faced, uh, in the, in that transition process? How transparent do you want me to be? (laughs) I mean, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is going out to people who are, you know, who really want to know like, yeah. what it takes, what it takes to like, go become a scrum master. Right? A lot of the yeah. times people think that, Oh, it just, I'll take a few classes and you know, it just, I'll get the six figure job. So um, you can actually share what it takes. Yeah. Um, to be totally honest, I was in tears at first. I was extremely overwhelmed. I thought I was in way over my head. Um, First of all, I hadn't worked at a major company before. I'd been in higher education, like I mentioned earlier. So even just company jargon and being in a massive organization, our department alone is 400 people. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Meyer is, is a grocery store that spans in six states in the Midwest. It's a big, big company. So mm-hmm. um, I think coming in, hearing a lot of terms and org structures and how we run day to day was overwhelming. Um, The biggest part too was feeling like I was constantly talking to people who were smarter than me all day, every day. And Mm. I was like, why am I here? I shouldn't, I shouldn't be in this role. This is, I don't know enough technology to be in this role. Um, So the first, the first few months are very tough and it's very overwhelming, but my piece of advice for that those first few months is to lean on the people who know the work and what they're working on. So your developers, right? If you're going to come in as a scrum master, 
your your first task needs to be building relationships with your team. So build up that relationship. And then I found myself attending as many ceremonies as possible. So I would go to their demos, I would go to their groomings, I would go any ceremony they had, their mob session, um, mm. when you know all the devs get together and pair mm. program. I'm going to that. And mm. because I had built relationships with those people, I felt like I could ask a question. And you can say, hey, this might be a stupid question, but can you explain this to me in a high level? And just like mm-hmm. throwing yourself into it and mm-hmm. being vulnerable enough to ask questions mm-hmm. will help yeah. you in the long run. Like, and then, you know, everyone, like I'm blessed to be in a company where everyone's very, very nice and no mm-hmm. one would be frustrated with my questions. They they were very understanding. And so just mm-hmm. like getting over yourself and getting over your ego and mm-hmm. Um, being able to ask for support from from your engineers, yeah, uh, it was a great way to learn. Yeah, probably because you're really showing up uh, in, in these uh, team interactions and building trust. That that is probably the reason why they were also supportive because yeah. uh, you know you had that connection and the trust. And people can say, right, somebody's actually putting a real effort. Yeah, uh, and people want to help versus if you go to somebody, you've not built any connection. You just come to the meeting and say what is this? So people aren't too excited sometimes about, um, you know, just giving you the answer that's readily available. Um, so no, that's amazing. Um, Abby, what would you say, like what advice, you know, you've obviously paid your dues, you learned the tech, you know, you, you've learned the role and you've now, you know, became a, a de- development manager and now you're leading a team of, um, developers. Um, what advice would you give to uh, the Abby when you are in like interviewing, like trying to get your first like scrum master role? Uh, and also like once you got the job, now that you have to learn and do the job, right? You know, in a big corporation, what, what kind of advice do you have um, for the younger Abby? Yeah, uh, new, I think newbie. Yeah. <laughs> the new Abby. Um, I think it's really easy to fall back on the excuse of, I didn't study computer science in college. Um, I didn't go through coding boot camps. I, I'm not technical. Mm. So I can't do this. I shouldn't do this. And I would tell myself that a lot in the beginning, like, oh, I'm a scrum master. And like, I don't really need to fully understand what they're doing, which is true. But think of how more effective you can be if you do take the time to understand it. So I mm. think talking about earlier, like talking about being competitive, but you need to be competitive with yourself too. Like you Mm. need to have that drive because this day and age, there are so many resources out there in which Mm. you can learn. Mm. And so like, if you want to be the best scrum master, the best dev manager, um, you do need to know the technology and you have the resources to learn that technology. So it's, it's just taking the time um, to go through and do it. And so I think, like I, I know I need to flex my other skills, my other leadership skills, my communication skills, relationship building skills more mm-hmm. than my technical skills, but I still need those technical skills. And I can't make the excuse of, oh, I don't have a bachelor's degree in computer science. Mm-hmm. So like telling myself like you, that is maybe that can maybe like set me back a little bit, but it's not the end all be all. And you just need to give yourself the time to learn the tech 
and you'll be fine. Um, I would also tell myself to be patient. I want to be good at something as soon as I start it. So it took me a lot of time to figure out the company, figure out how my teams functioned best. Um, I think just giving yourself patience and grace there um, would be huge because yeah, at first I was like, Oh, I'm going to get fired. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) But then it like, you know, a year and six months later, I was promoted. So I think just being patient with yourself and giving yourself grace, but then also being hungry to learn, like you need to be hungry to learn. That's, that's such a good advice, um, Abby, because, you know, what I see it's, and I, I, and I totally empathize with, um, you know, those who are in the, sh- like in the state where you're, you, that, that story, like, Oh, I'm, I, I'm not a techie or I don't understand tech. I'm not an engineer. That story is such a, like a strong, like belief that, um, I see only a few people, um, get, can get past that even after being a scrum master for years. So I, I definitely commend you for, um, you know, having that attitude, like, Hey, like, what if I just learn it? How much more effective can I be instead of just clinging to the same stories? Like I'm not in tech. Um, how, um, any, any other strategies, like what, what did you do like to get over those limiting beliefs? Uh, like what are, what are some things that you did or advice that you have, uh, for people who are clinging on to, I don't have the experience. I don't, I'm not a techie. Uh, I'm not qualified. All these imposter syndrome, what can people do? Yeah. Um, I, I worked very closely with my boss on like a game plan for, um, ways that I can learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this day and age you can, you know, let's say, Oh, I want to get more familiar with .NET and C sharp programming, Google it. And there will yeah. be, tutorials or (laughs) YouTube videos or like my company has some really solid learning platforms that we partner with. Um, Go on Udemy, sign up. Like you're investing in yourself when you are, if you find something that you just don't get, write it down. That was something else I did a lot of. So I'd be sitting in meetings. I would hear a ton of terminology that I had no idea what they were talking about. And I'm Mm. just jotting it down as they're talking. And then on my own time after the meeting, I'm Googling it. Yeah. And you will, you know, learn about it. And then next time someone demos something, if one of your engineers is demoing, you have that context where you can ask a question about it and they'll gain respect there. Because yeah. like, if you're just saying, oh, I'm not technical, then they're not going to respect you because they are technical. They're very yeah. smart people. They're an engineer for a reason, right? So if you're just like, yeah. oh, hands off, like... I'm not technical. No, like learn it, speak their language, watch their demos and then ask questions. And they'll be like, Oh, she does get it. Okay. Like they'll respect you more as a leader. Totally. Totally. So like whatever things you didn't get, you just literally wrote it down. You put it in the Google (laughs) on a sticky note. You went to Google and you literally just like just stared at the information and some of it, you got it. And then you probably just watched some YouTube videos that, you know what? It's not that hard to do that. It's actually, it, You know? Um, so yeah. And obviously, you know, the thing that a lot of, um, you know, I, I was definitely in your shoes that was like a decade ago. Right. And working with developers 
in a Scrum Masters, you know, one of the perspectives that I had is like, oh, wow, like developers have to learn like every day. They're like faced with so much uncertainty and they have to like learn technical stuff, new stuff they don't know every day. And if sometimes if we are the change agents and facilitator, um, you know, it really helps if we are, we have that experience of learning and dealing with somebody, something new, something that's a little messy, that makes us a little bit uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I definitely realized that early part in my career too is, uh, it, 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 it definitely helps. So I'm really glad, glad that you were able to get past that. And, um, you know, now, um, you're, you're, you're kind of in the leadership role, right? So, um, so switching, switching the gear back. Um, so you, you were in a scrum master role, you got the experience, you learned the tech and obviously, uh, you, you got the promotion, but what, what are some things that you did, uh, that kind of help, um, contribute to this promotion or your leadership seeing that, okay, Abby, like you're doing the work. So what, what, what might be those attributes or things that actions that you took? Yeah, so I think the Scrum Master role can go in a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. Um, It is easy. It is comfortable to coast and stay within your team and only worry about your team and just run ceremonies. And if someone pings you and has a blocker, then try and step in. Mm -hmm. You can do that. That is not going to set you apart. Mm -hmm. So... I did, um, my company follows the scaled agile framework for the most Mm -hmm. part. Um, Mm -hmm. I set up a community of practice. So Mm. met with my peers, learned from them. Um, I started driving projects that were going across the enterprise. So if we had dependencies in other areas, um, you know, we have a pharmacy in our stores. So working mm-hmm. with people in pharmacy, showing that you can collaborate with others outside of just your team, I think set me up for that because that was part of the interview when I was applying for my manager's role. Um, to be honest, I always thought in my org, at least that the next step for me would be release train engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied for release train engineer. I did not get that job. Um, I was told that. I didn't have the mindset to implement specific processes, but I had the people mindset. And I was actually Mm. asked, would you want to be a leader of people and have people report to you and run Mm. teams, Mm. multiple teams? And so I kind of fell into it, like didn't get that job. But then, um, you know, the interview panel had had different, different ideas for me. But I think just being especially in a virtual world, you need to find ways to get yourself in the spotlight. So Mm -hmm. volunteering for things like if we're doing a train systems demo, Hey, I'll facilitate that. I'll, Mm -hmm. you know, show your face in front of the leadership staff, um, find ways to, you know, make it known of what your team is working on, whether that being, you know, here's some shout outs, here's what team X completed. I want to shout out these people. Um, just finding ways to show what you can do outside of your day to day with your team, I think is, is super beneficial. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Abby, I really acknowledge you for um, like doing all this work. I, I remember, you know, like you being in that crying stage and like oh, yeah. you know, where you had a lot of imposter syndrome and um, yeah, it's like going from there to like, you know, taking all these 
initiatives on your own and like really making it happen. And, you know, now being in the States. So I really want to acknowledge you for all, all the hard work that you've done. Um, so yeah. Um, a few of the questions that I, that we got from, um, the, the students in the audience is like, now you're in the hiring panels. Now you're hiring scrum masters, developers, product owners, um, and what are, what are some things that, uh, let's kind of spotlight a little bit more of a, um, product owner, BA, scrum master role. So when you're hiring for these roles, uh, what are you really looking for in the candidates? So something that's really important to me and my, and candidates that I'm looking for is mm -hmm. the ability to see a need and fill a need. That's mm -hmm. kind of a mantra that we have in our org. Um, it's very easy to sit back and watch. Mm -hmm. uh, if you notice whether it's in the virtual environment of like Microsoft Teams, like someone saying, hey, can anyone help with this? Like mm -hmm. I'm expecting the people I hire to be like, yep, got it. What can I do? Um, mm -hmm. That's important. I also think I personally look for competitive people too. Um, mm -hmm. I want someone who cares about the work, cares about producing quality work. Um, mm -hmm. If that's from the product owner perspective, um, you know, truly being a product owner, know your product and understanding it. In my case, like having a technical product owner. So someone who's a little bit more technical, but mm -hmm. um, working with the team to build a healthy backlog, but just that go-getter. I think there's a lot of folks out there that just coast and just, you know, go eight to five and just, you know, don't really go above and beyond. And I'm looking for someone with fire and someone who cares and wants to win, you know, like yeah. wants, yeah. To, wants to have, you know, a team that produces good work. And, um, I think, I think the scrum master and the product owner roles are tough. Like they're, it's a unique personality that you need. You need someone who's driven. You need someone who can handle conflict. You can need, you need someone who's able to have difficult conversations if there's conflict within the team. Um, mm -hmm. hopefully those people mitigate that before it gets to me. Right. I, yeah, for people who can solve problems and not just run to their manager and say, Oh, this is going on in the team. Like, what do I do? It's like, mm -hmm. no, take initiative. Like, yeah. learn how to solve the conflict. So um, that's kind of what I look for. It's, I know yeah. it's sometimes <laughs> a bit much, but I have high expectations for my teams. And so um, I look for a very specific person. Totally, totally. Um, so like you, you've been, uh, you, you've been, is this a remote role or, or, You've My current teams. role, I'm a hybrid. So okay. I'm in the office, corporate campus, Monday through Wednesday, and then home Thursday, yeah. Friday. And your your teams are distributed, correct? They yeah. are. Yep. So um, some come in occasionally. They, they are not required to be in the office. They can come mm -hmm. in if they want. And then mm -hmm. others are all over the U.S. Yeah. What What kind of things have you seen from a hiring perspective, like in the through the pandemic working remotely and, and yeah like trends things like that yeah um it's interesting i think there are some people out there who are like the person that i just hired as a software engineer 
was looking for a different job because his company was fully remote and he craved human interaction and he was wanting the option to go into the office if mm. if so um i think one thing i've noticed just even though there are people in office you know we never have meetings where everyone's all in person even if some are in person someone's always dialing in so mm. Um, I think the meeting fatigue is real. Um, I think jumping from meeting to meeting to meeting, especially in a manager's perspective, um, mm-hmm. developers, you know, engineers aren't involved as many meetings, but scrum masters, product owners, like they're in meetings all day. And, and so I've noticed a lack of engagement. Um, I think people are, oh, I'm just sitting, staring at a screen camera off, uh, multitasking and, I think that's going to hurt us um, if we don't have more of an engaged mindset um, as we get through meetings throughout the day. So I'm guilty of it too. Like, you know, you have multiple monitors and you're on a call on one and then you're looking at messages on the other. And I think it's leading to a lot of distracted people. Um, So see that as, you know, I wouldn't say like a pain point, but more of just an observation. So when I'm hiring people, I'm looking for candidates that can prove that they're engaged. Um, even if it's a, it's, it's a, usually a virtual interviews, but like, you know, are they using their hands? Are they engaged? Are they looking at the camera? Are they have their notes on the other screen and they're looking to the right? Well, and you know, I can see that on the, on the interview, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a weird time, yeah. weird time, but I think we're still getting through it post pandemic. Um, I think the work work, working world's just changed. It will never be the same. It will never be Monday through Friday in office for everyone. So Mm -hmm. just adjusting to that. Yeah. My, my last question, Abby is like, what are some of the challenges, challenges that you get to face at this um, point of a career um, and the work that you do and what are the elements that you really love? Uh, I'd love to hear that. Well, what's uh, rewarding? Yeah. <laughs> uh, challenges, I think, would be trying to keep up with ever-changing technology. Um, mm. You know, we're we're in the e-commerce industry. We're in the grocery industry. It's competitive. We're facing supply chain issues still. Um, we're trying to build up our website and our mobile app and, you know, make it, make our pickup experience better and our online ordering experience better. So there's a lot of pressure on digital right now because our website and mobile app did not exist pre-pandemic. I mean, it did, but it was not very mm-hmm. user-friendly. Yeah. So when when everyone was scared to go to the grocery store, uh, we needed to come up with a solution to serve our customers and provide curbside pickup. So mm-hmm. um, teams were seriously building that out as quickly as possible. Um and I think just continuing to evolve that, like a lot of our competitors are, you know, starting to toy around with what AI is going to look like in the grocery experience. So mm. um, that's something that, you know, we we want to stay competitive with. What can we do in our mobile app? Can we build a shopping list using AI and have, you know, them tell you the recipes and things like that as you shop at the grocery store? So, oh, wow. It's a competitive industry, um, but it's a it's a high, you know, fast paced industry. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a challenge. It's just always having to be ready to apply new technology and 
you know, make, make it the best experience for our customers. Um, yeah. as far as rewarding, uh, yeah. rewarding parts of my job. Um, I think as a scrum master, I always felt like I could see pain points at the team level and, um, I didn't have any power to do anything about it per se. Uh, mm-hmm. now being in a leadership role, I think I can drive change hear what's impacted my team. And I don't know what other word to say besides authority, but I don't mean authority, but like, yeah, the ability to implement some of that change, um, yeah. has been really exciting and just seeing wins in my team. Right. So they're getting out a big body of work to production that they've spent, a, you know, multiple sprints on and to see it through and celebrate that with them. Um, and then just getting to coach people every day, like, I I have scrum masters and product owners report to me now. So I'm able to work with them, build up their leadership skills so that they can lead their teams better has mm-hmm. been really fun. Um, but yeah, just trying to coach people and pr- progress them in their careers has definitely been one of the funnest parts. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's amazing. And Abby, you, you're getting to do this in such early part of your career, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, I'm, I'm wishing you all, all the best um, on, on the future uh, endeavors. And yeah, thank you so much for this, this podcast. Uh, I'm sure listeners are going to get a lot of value out of it. And yeah, I'm definitely rooting for you. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Vivek. All right, that's a wrap with this episode. Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the live training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode. Love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.